0: This is Steve Goodrich, known on the trail as Bird Shooter, and this is N2 Backpacking, a podcast for both hikers and backpackers. Hey Backpackers, this is Birch here, and tonight on the show I welcome fellow podcasters Scott and Ariane to the show. They are hosts of the popular backpacking podcast Trust the Trail, and despite living within 15 minutes of each other these last few years, we end up chatting long distance from their Airstream camper in Arizona. In the podcast, we discuss their life on the road these last eight months, their show Trust the Trail how hiking and backpacking podcasts have evolved over 10 years and their experiences as backcountry guides this last decade. The discussion uh, does clock in around 90 minutes, uh, but stick with us to the very end because you will be rewarded as Scott and Arion share their love story and some must-have gear for the backcountry, plus their plans for the coming months. Here's episode 86. all right this is bird shooter i'd like to welcome scott and Ariane to the show this evening you might know them as co-hosts of the popular backpacking podcast trust the trail and they are here this evening to talk about the show their experiences backcountry guides and share with us their current seven-month adventure traveling across the united states in an airstream camper scott and Ariane, welcome to the show
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for having us. It's a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you.
0: You know, I got to put it out there just because it happened and we won't go into details, but um, the Arizona time zones are confusing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they sure are. Especially when you're on the border between Arizona and California, they get real, they would get real confusing.
0: Any comments on that? Just in how it might've affected your travels and uh, keeping things straight.
1: Well, uh, we are, for a minute, we were going back and forth. Uh, we were in, in southern Arizona, S- southwest Arizona, very close to Quartzsite, uh, Ehrenberg, that area. And we were going back and forth, um, even into Blythe. And then we did a backpacking trip in Joshua Tree. And, um, you know, it's an hour difference. And so every once in a while, when we were on the Arizona border, our, our, our cell phone would hit a California tower. It would just change our time. And so we we're constantly asking each other, Hey, what time is it? What time do you have? What I have, is it seven or six? And we are constantly going back and forth. I don't know how we made it for a month, uh, doing that, but, uh, we finally just said, okay, what's an hour difference. So we, we start planning everything. Okay. Is it six or seven? What, what, what should we do it? an hour early? So it was, yeah, it was a little confusing.
0: I, I totally <laughs> see that how, that how that could happen. That, that, uh, Makes complete sense to me. So tell tell the listeners what you've been up to, because I understand you've been on the uh, road for seven months. Is that right?
2: Yeah, almost, almost
0: eight. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. Let's hear about it.
1: <laughs> well, uh, it, it's been pretty cool. I, I have to say that uh, going on the road and uh, meeting a lot of our podcast listeners uh, has been... Uh, it, it's, it's just been so, uh, I mean, humbling, rewarding, spectacular, amazing. We were able to, uh, we started the road trip and we, we were able to go backpacking in the smoky mountain national forest, uh, or national park, which was really cool because that was our first test in a torrential flood, (laughs) you know, making sure the airstream, didn't leak so that, that was that was a good true test i think it it flooded while we were there we we're watching the water come up next, uh, behind the camper and we're going oh boy um and so that was uh that was kind of like our first uh baptism by fire on the road um and then we were able to do uh just we were able to do iroyal national park and uh, of course the the park was open but the passenger ferry service was closed so we were able to take a seaplane and do that. We were able to go to the Badlands and and Custer State Park. We we've seen more wildlife than we ever thought we would see, we're literally coming up right next to the airstream. We were able to float in Salt Lake City and actually float in the water, um, and we were able to camp out there. We we camped in Moab and. Uh, we got our first taste of a winter storm that went from 72 degrees one day to 18 degrees that night. Um, and we had about a half an inch of ice on the side of our airstream. Um, and so, yeah, it's been really cool. We, you know, we are in Sedona, Arizona. We've gone back and forth from the Southwest of Arizona back up. Now we're uh, in, in around Sedona area. And it, it's been really cool. It's been fascinating. Uh you know, so we were we were able to drive through Monument um, uh, Monument Point, which is the the famous Forrest Gump uh, run scene when he, he says, "I think I'm gonna, I think I'm kind of tired now." <laughs> and we were able to do that and get out of the Airstream and and kind of celebrate that. Of course, take a photograph as cars were whizzing by. And uh, so yeah, it's been it's been it's been a learning. Uh, it's been a lot of learning. It's been a lot of adventure. It's been a lot of just uh, learning how to pace yourself, and uh, and we've seen some beautiful, beautiful things.
0: I'm dying to ask you guys about the airstream because I saw some pictures on your uh, social media pages. Is 1976, is that right?
2: That is correct.
0: Tell me about it. Tell me about like the purchase, the uh, you know, just traveling in an airstream. Uh, it, 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 it's very vintage, very cool.
2: Well, it was. Um... It was a purchase done on a whim, <laughs> so that can tell you right up front that maybe it wasn't the wisest decision. <laughs> but um, you know, we fell in love with. We saw it. We saw it on a parking lot. We talked to this gentleman who was considering selling it. Um, we we were just floored. We were just amazed by the space and the amount of light that like seeps into the trailer. And so by the end of the day, we had convinced ourselves to 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 buy it. (laughs) Um, And that was that was out of our price range. He wasn't selling anyway. He he had so much interest, he decided now I think I'm going to keep it. now. (laughs) So uh, we went on a hunt and uh, less than a month later, we had purchased one um, in Kentucky. And we had this brilliant idea uh, to gut the inside. Uh, take it off the frame and redo it from scratch, which wow. uh, it sounds like a lot of work. Be a non- <laughs> it it was a
1: lot of work. <laughs> oh, um,
2: and uh, it took a lot longer than we thought. Uh, we had to learn everything. We had to learn how to be a carpenter, an electrician, a plumber. Uh, we, we had no clue what we were doing, but we figured it out step by step. And uh, now it's our home. And We've fallen in love with it all over again.
0: No, that's awesome. Hey, just quick tangent. If you guys are Netflix people, have you ever watched that Destination Happiness where I think they actually did the bus in North Carolina, Western North Carolina, but they gutted a school bus and they took it all the way up to Northern Alaska, went all the way through uh, most of Central South America. Um, anyway, quick plug we for did, that.
1: We did see that. No, what do
0: you think? Did you like it? Does it? Are not- you? Would that inspire you?
1: it did it did inspire but but the one of the the funny parts of that movie was at the end when they were in central, central america he made he made a statement of like you know i'm kind of sick of working on this thing <laughs> and i think and, and I think I could feel his pain after, you know, like three years of renovating the Airstream. At one point in time, I remember going, you know, I'm sick of working on this thing. So um, I it, thought that was a really s- funny line in the movie. Yeah, we're
2: still working on it. I mean, we still have things that are failing, breaking. You know, this thing is constantly going through shifts and movement and just like harsh gravel. And so, I mean, we're still in that stage where we're constantly having to adjust or fix or, you know, reinsert wires where they've fallen apart. So it's it's a constant. It's a constant every day.
0: Yeah, I would imagine even if you had a brand new you know, yeah. camper, you're still dealing with stuff. I mean that's part of part of the experience yeah. on the road, right? Yeah. yeah and so. I think
1: the funny thing is we hear a lot of uh we we hear a lot of stories from people that have bought new RVs that actually have worse repairs than we do. So, so we, we feel, we feel pretty good. It so far, so good. Cross your fingers.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I give you, I give you big kudos for, uh, for your travels there. Now it looked like from what I could get from the pictures on your social media sites, you guys are kind of mixing things up. You're in kind of designated campgrounds that have probably hookups you you seem to be in areas that don't i mean are you you're kind of moving around right is that correct
2: uh yeah our idea is is to stay in as many boondocking sites so like out from the norm just kind of in these wide open lands um as we can be and we've spent the majority of our time doing that um in these past eight months um but it does depend uh we've we started out in like rv parks or more um uh, park areas where we're on like hookups uh more for like when we actually have a trip planned or there's some kind of necessity for us to do that uh but for the most part we've been out on public land this the majority of the time
1: yeah we stayed in um we were out in moab for a month with uh, just out in the desert and then we were in sedona for a month just literally out in the desert um, we were down in Southwest Arizona. Um, we did Quartzsite. Uh, we were out in the desert, and then we did Ehrenberg, which was out in the desert. Uh, a lot of where they filmed the movie Nomad Land. Uh, we' were, that's literally where we were we were boondocking. So I, I guess all in all in seven months, I would probably say about uh, f- almost four of those months have been completely without hookups,
0: okay. I mean, you guys definitely don't have to sell me on this, right? I jumped in a Mazda on two separate occasions and drove across the country. And I mean, it, it is the best thing I ever did in my life. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm mean, yeah. i sold all day long. Um, yeah. So I, this what is most interesting to, to me about this conversation is that we live probably not too far from each other in Atlanta, right? And um, are, are you guys planning on coming back to Atlanta? Because we're talking coast to coast here. <laughs> which is which is it's kind of funny actually. I mean we could have probably easily met face to face.
1: Yeah, I you know, I don't know. Um and that's the kind of the cool thing about uh, our lifestyle now is that um Georgia has not been on our mind. I mean I think <laughs> wow. I think once we left we were like Kill, See killing you later. the tagline there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well I I, I think we left it to um to, to say, you know what, Georgia's always a place that we can come back to. But for now, um, I think we're going to uh, travel as much as we can and see things that are that mean uh, um, stuff to personally. You know, stuff for Ariana and I to to want to explore and see and and uh, and be a part of. And I, I feel like. I've almost been on every single forest road and every single trail in the Northern mountains of Georgia. And I love it. It's beautiful. Um, I'm, I'm, I will always be called back there because the Appalachian Trail is there. Um, and that's kind of like a, a, a place in my heart where that's home. The Okefenokee is down there. We love going back down in there, but probably in an all oh, honestly, we probably won't see Georgia for another two to three years
0: well well and to put it out there for the listeners there's there's georgia and there's metro atlanta which are right right i
2: can assure you atlanta is (laughs) not on our docket yeah yeah
1: georgia Uh, yes atlanta no
0: let me see where where do we go with that
1: one
0: (laughs) uh Uh, let's we could talk about traffic for hours which is about how long you sit in traffic but uh hasn't been happening lately but no i understand what you're saying that's that's interesting um exciting to have another fellow podcaster that I, I have come to realize it lived so close to me and i never met so
1: well where are you where where are you where are you from atlanta
0: i'm north atlanta so like you know roswell oh, okay. alpharetta yeah Oh, well, yeah. we were right there yeah yeah How i thought i saw you guys were other? alpharetta yeah yeah crazy yeah, we
1: were a, we, uh, we restored the airstream in milton
0: you know, you had to go cross country for us to talk.
1: <laughs> had, you know, had I known you were so close, I would have come over and handed you a rivet gun and brought you, and uh, brought you over for, for some uh, help and support on the Airstream.
0: I don't know if you want to see my riveting. I don't think it'd be impressive. <laughs> so, uh, so back to the Airstream, I'm so intrigued. And I want to ask you a million questions about just your guiding, because I know you guys, part of the reason you went out on the excursion was to meet your listeners and do guiding but um get what, what kind of hot tip can you give the listeners on the uh the airstream in general just the travel and lifestyle um tips for hey i want to i want to jump in a mazda uh, rx7 or um airstream or whatever and just spend months on the road at a time
2: you know i would have to say now doing it as long as we have um what we planned to happen didn't Hasn't really, hasn't really like gone the way we thought. Um, and so flexibility, <laughs> I would say f- have have this loose idea, but be so beyond flexible to that, like morphing and adjusting um, as it happens. Because the most beautiful thing that we've experienced is the less planning we've done, um, it's opened us to be able to be a lot more flexible to experience the here and the now. And um, that's a lot like life.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, a, it's a lot like a through hike that you just described yeah. right there. <laughs> yeah. Just kind of go with the wind.
2: Maybe it's the backpacker in us. I don't know yeah. what, I don't know what it is, but, um, but the less, the less we, the wh- less we plan our personal life, uh, just the more it opens up for us. And it's just, it's been just a beautiful experience to just kind of throw caution to the wind and just allow life to happen on us.
0: Yeah, there's a lot to be said for that. Now, is this this? I, I gotta believe this is not your first extended road trip. Is that accurate?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. We 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 <laughs> not we, this long. <laughs> well, you know, we've we've done a lot of road trips before. Um, we we used to travel in a 90, 1998 Ford Expedition uh, with the passenger window that didn't work for a long time, and we took that all over the country, and then. When we were, we were prepping for uh, the full time on the road with the Airstream, we had bought a van um, and we bought a, a diesel van. So we we decided to make that into like a backpacking van. So because Airstream can't go everywhere, can't go to all the places that we wanted to go. So we, we made this backpacking van so we could detach and then take this off road um and boy have we taken this van off road um and that has seemed to be that that has seemed to work quite well and so before we went on the road full-time we took the van out here we did a whole um i don't know like two or three month just out west road trip of not knowing where we were going to go and we just kind of camped in the van for a while to get kind of a get a feel of a real minimal lifestyle and we had a blast
0: yeah i could see where that would be fun i mean and i'm dying to ask you guys too um when you're traveling you have a lot of interesting experiences and these are going to be front 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 country but we'll talk about the back country later um can you share something interesting that's happened in the last seven months
1: um well i would say hard to (laughs) select it's hard to select i would say probably the most spontaneous um, fun, terrifying thing that we did was we were up in the Canyonlands national park and there is right at one of the, uh, entrances, there is a forest road that you're at about know, 7,000 feet maybe. And it, it they i asked a few people hey can my van do this road and they're like yeah 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 you're fine and um right before we did the road we asked somebody hey can i go do this road yeah like, yeah yeah you're go you're-, you're fine it dropped about four thousand feet in a switchback from hell and it was a blast it was terrifying it was spectacular and we got to drive literally next to the colorado river and end up all the way in Moab from Canyonlands National Park, and I think that was probably one of the highlights so far of just doing something really spontaneous uh, and seeing a beautiful canyon, seeing a part of Canyonlands, seeing part of the Colorado River, and and just kind of seeing things that normally um, you you know normally you wouldn't get to see because if you saw the switchback road. Uh uh, if you want to, if, if any, if anybody wants to Google the Schaefer trail in Canyonlands, you'll be able to see that switchback. And we drove down it. I thought that was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. That sounds like the kind of uh road that would end up in divorce if I took my wife on it. But uh, <laughs> cr- credit to you for that one.
1: Well, I can't say Ariane was happy in the beginning. <laughs>
0: That's awesome. So, so can we talk for a second? And this is really the heart of what I wanted to get into tonight was um, what drove you guys on the road. I mean, it sounds like you were super inspired to meet your listeners. Um, you know, it's kind of fun. You, you start to over time, develop relationships with people to listen to your podcast. Um, you, you guys obviously have a guiding background. Can you just kind of talk to how that's uh, worked out for you on the road?
2: This started as a personal venture for us. Um, Neither of us sit tight very easily. Um, You know, we always have like an itching and a yearning to kind of just kind of keep moving and seeing new things and explore and experience things that, you know, kind of test us um, in whatever way that is. And so it kind of initially started as that. And as our podcast started growing, We didn't want to necessarily stick around and do the same old trails over and over and over again. And it was very limiting for us to not have the time to be able to explore the way we wanted to explore and kind of open that not only up to us, but open it up to others as well. And, um, You know there's something to be said to get to experience it with people and it was kind of a driving force and once we connected all the dots there it just it kind of exploded in our minds and there was no turning back
0: yeah there's a lot of world to see you know i mean (laughs) as much as i love north georgia and western north carolina i mean you guys had mentioned the badlands earlier uh, isle royale which maybe i pronounced that incorrectly you guys said it differently but two places i've been that blew me away um, so yeah i I totally understand what you're what you're saying there have you guys um how much of your time are you doing independently and how much are you hooking up with other people
2: well i would say the plan was uh for it to be a lot more independent um but we just have random people just decide that they want to come and spend their vacation with us and so (laughs) we've had we've had a larger chunk than we had anticipated um actually hanging with people um so i would say intentionally it would be a lot more independent but it just kind of we've met a lot of people out here by by just existing and we've connected with people in a really unique way and very close fast uh, way that we never anticipated and so a lot more of our time has been with people uh, than independent but it's it's kind of a nice breather to just be the two of us and our two dogs every now and again
0: (laughs) (laughs) your dogs are probably having the time of their life I'm guessing
2: Um, They love it. They love it. And I mean, there's just there's just new trails and new exploration and new things. Like just yesterday, I was out uh, hiking a trail and uh, my cattle dog uh, got into it with a lizard. So, I mean, she had never seen a lizard this size before. And she's like, what is this? And the lizard's like, you better back up right now. (laughs) So it's it's new experiences for them. It's new for us. It's just it's it's amazing.
0: And are most of the people. kind of keeping tabs on you through social media or like, how do you, how do you, what's the connection point or, or are you just meeting people randomly?
1: I would say probably a little bit of both. Um, uh, it, we, we, some of our, some of our favorite, I would say our friends, um, that we've gotten to know through the podcast. Um, we, we, we talked to on the phone, um you know they'll call and and say hey i'm thinking about coming out and spending a week with you guys and we're like yeah come on out um so i i think it's just been as you know you know the the longer you you do something the more you build relationships the stronger those relationships you know become and uh but we we've met a lot of uh uh, non-podcast listeners on the road too that have become really good friends of ours. So I think it's, I think it's just, um, I think it's just a mix of, of, you know, being out there.
0: Now I know you guys have done a lot of guiding and, uh, you maybe over even a 10 year period. So are, are you guys is part of this whole journey that you're doing guided trips too, or is this more, just a more, more of a personal journey?
1: No, it's, it's, um, you know when i got off the appalachian trail in 2003 um i was lost i didn't know what, i didn't know what to do and so um i i was with a few other people we started uh, uh, a backpacking club in chicago and uh we quickly learned that uh not everybody knows how to go backpacking and so i started this little, um, part of the club called backpacking Boot Camp, And so we would take new people out, not, not necessarily so much about how to hike because really putting one foot in front of the other, but getting to know their gear, you know, how to put your tent up, blah, 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 all, you know, getting to know your, that, that morphed into other things that morphed into, into other things. And, you know, pretty soon, you, you know, I, looked at the clock and I had been doing it for 10 years and uh, it just kind of became part of who we are really. Um, When we were in Atlanta uh, we were doing like Appalachian Mount, Appalachian trail uh, classes on how to do through hiking. It it just, it just kind of morphed into stuff. Um, I I don't, I can't even tell you how it happened. It just, it just kind of happened. And um, you know, one day, You know ariana and i both are certified we get we have our certifications and we started putting it out there um and people started showing up and it it, i i think the guiding stuff for us is really our lifestyle that's kind of really who we who we are
2: but you know doing what we're doing right now um with living full-time on the road in a small little tin can. <laughs> um, you know, that's, that's a personal journey for us. That is something that's very, very personal. Um, and I think partnering it's, it we never wanted to let go of what we've established with the podcast and the benefit it offers others, but also the benefit that it equally offers us, which we never anticipated happening. And so when we, set out on this personal journey, it was kind of non-negotiable, non-negotiable that all of that kind of followed us into this life.
0: Yeah. First of all, for someone that traveled cross country, uh, multiple times in a Mazda that, uh, <laughs> was, uh, you know, I wouldn't even call it a full-size Mazda. Um, the Airstream is the, um, the ultimate. Yeah. So it's you, a Taj Mahal, you, yes, exactly. <laughs> Perfectly stated. Uh,
2: it's, uh, you know, the, the more we live in it the bigger and bigger and bigger it gets to us and um now we have a lot of empty space in it because we've pretty much pared down everything in here that we don't use to the point where all of our drawers are starting to get empty and now we're like okay now it's time to downsize (laughs) so we're looking at that mazda purchase next
0: yeah there's something to be said for a life of simplicity for sure i don't know if you want to go that deep though to the mazda that's a big step
2: (laughs) My my dogs, they, they, our our dogs would not appreciate the Mazda. I I don't
0: think. <laughs> I don't think any of the four of you would appreciate the Mazda. So I'm I'm intrigued about your your guiding uh, experiences here because um, you know I, I've only really truly guided on one paid venture and uh, I, there's a million things like that are going through my mind when I say that, but. Um, are are i mean are you guys still kind of kind of in the guiding business or is that sort of uh
1: no we set up uh trips throughout the year um to to specifically um guide people that that's what we do of course you know 2020 uh, brought on a whole new different challenge uh 2021 is probably even going to bring even more challenges um but you know i i've been doing it for a long time and i, I don't I, you know that's that is that is specifically what we love to do is bring new people out into the outdoors so they can experience uh you know the the beauty of of nature so yeah we we're going to we're going to continue to do it
0: yeah you know if you're somebody that's looking for a guide and looking for help i mean what what kind of suggestions do you have for them on what they should be looking for right in terms of certifications you guys you mentioned you had some And I know some are critical, right? Like having some first aid experience and that sort of thing. Um, But what would you suggest for maybe somebody that's listening that uh, is wanting to find a guide?
1: Well... Most guides are independent contractors. Um, So they're not going to work for a specific outdoor company. Um, And there's a lot of outdoor adventure companies out there. They're not, they're going to, they're independent contractors. So a company that's out West here in Arizona, that they're going to put trips together in the um, Smoky Mountain National Park. They are not going to send an employee out there. They're going to outsource that. So they're going to, they're going to find guiding people, services, individuals, in that area and that will guide that particular trip. So <clears throat> guides are are kind of like nomads in, in a big way. They work for a lot of different type of companies and those companies that are reputable, they are always gonna make sure that those guides have their certifications. And, uh, you know, Wilderness First Aid, Wilderness First Responder, um, you're probably gonna need CPR Red Cross, which is a lot like a Wilderness First Responder. Um, you're going to need Leave No Trace training to be a Leave No Trace trainer, um, and it, it certainly helps to have a uh, some sort of um, you know survival wilderness uh, course under your belt that you you've taken before. Although there's not any real certification for that, um, and, and then you know you have a couple different associations that you can belong to that for a fee. You give them your your time out in the field, your routes what you've done before, and they say, "Oh yeah, you're a guide." So, um, y- you know, um, that's it's it. You know, that's that's about. How I would look for that. I would look for you know, I would look for companies that that their guides have all those certifications.
0: Yeah, gotcha. Is is there a formal license to guiding? I mean, I think I, I read somewhere there's the American mountain guide association, but I don't know if that would necessarily apply to maybe hiking and backpacking. I mean, is is there a licensing system, I guess, is a question.
1: No, there's no licensing system. Um, Any of the national parks or national forests do not require any kind of a license to be an outdoor guide. There is a hiking and backpacking association that you can belong to. Um, It's a $47 fee. Uh, annual fee that uh, you you know you put down the 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 mountain climbing association uh, that was literally for climbers and mountain guides they were the first in fact they were the first association that actually put together the ten essentials so they've been around for a really long time um, but every everything else is just it's it's a membership fee and then you you kind of you kind of put in how much time in the field that you have. Um, And a lot of it has to do with the honor system. But I would say that the big three, Wilderness First Aid, Wilderness First Responder, Leave No Trace Trainer. um, I would even throw in Red Cross CPR Training, although Wilderness First Responder pretty much covers that. But those are certified. Those are actual certificate and certified courses.
0: Okay. I think that's helpful. And and like permits. I mean, if if a uh, guide company is taking you into – a national park you probably have to have a permit but how do you know how the permit system works have you guys like kind of waded through that
1: <laughs> but,
0: <yeah. laughs> uh, it, every, yeah. uh, it sounds oh, yeah. confusing uh,
2: you know every every park is different um and everybody does it just it, all the nuances are different from place to place so it depends on where you're going and what you're looking for
1: there are certain uh, national parks that we work closely with that are going to be a lot more detailed in how you do that than others. Um, some national parks, I think they take a dart and they throw it at a dartboard, and you get a permit. Um, other national parks, it's it's it is a lot more. Um, it's a lot more well defined on what you need to do, and then it's not really a permit. It's more of a scheduling. Uh, type situation that you work with the backcountry office and to schedule that uh, that that trip so yeah every national park I wish it was all the same it would be nice if it was all the same but it literally is different and I don't even think sometimes the National Park Service knows from year to year to year how they're going to work the permit system because Um, it does seem to be changing all the time. Well,
2: if you think about it, evolution changes, you know, with the, the people that are getting into, uh, into the sport of backpacking. And that is going to really dictate, you know, the more people that, that are driven to the trails and are interested in these things. And social media has a lot to do with that. The more they have to adapt their systems to be able to protect their land. So that's a caveat off of that, but
0: well you get you guys had mentioned the great smoky mountain national park before which is like you know one of the most traveled parks in the country right and so you've got to have different management systems for different parks some of the blmm areas out where you guys are i mean they don't see a lot of people so different policies right i mean i totally get that um let let me let me shift gears on you guys and ask you some fun questions what, what, um, I mean, you guys have done guided trips. I'm just kind of curious, uh, maybe, maybe some of the craziest things that have ever happened to you when you've been guiding trips before. Oh, wow.
1: Um, well, uh,
2: <laughs> I, I could share. Wow You were quick um, on that one, Arion <laughs> <laughs> That
1: didn't well, take any time.
2: Probably one of the most unexpected and, and crazy things that have occurred on a trip is, um, I was so concerned, um, about people not falling out of a boat in the middle of the okie where there's and a, uh, quite gators. a few gators yeah a gator <laughs> and bait SU falls in wow. <laughs> so you know i mean it happens yeah. and, and,
0: <laughs> oops lost one yeah. oops
2: lost the guide there uh uh yeah you know you, you can you can never you can never quite prepare for the unexpected sometimes
0: yeah tell me more about that that's what's <laughs> intriguing that's what we should really be focused on here what, what is the unexpected that's hit you before?
1: Well, I, I don't know if it's unexpected anymore. I, I would say probably the biggest thing that we um, that we've done is probably go from uh, maybe an outdoor guide to almost a life coach because th- there are, there are times where people have to push through their fear and there's no turning back. You're, you're in the middle of the wilderness or you're on an island or you're on a trail. You know, that, you know, the, you know, there is, there is no trailhead close by and, uh, you know, for whatever reason, um, you know, people will, you know, have to have to take a moment and push through some fear that they have. And, you know, a lot of times you're literally holding their hand or you're giving them a hug or, you know, you're wiping tears from their eyes or, you know, whatever, whatever they're, they're going through at that moment. You know you've got to be there for them and and be very understanding of why they're having that um that issue um and i would say that's not as abnormal as you think that's kind of i don't want to say regular but it seems like it 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 always happens um it didn't happen on our last trip, but it, it regularly happens on on each trip um, so I, I, and that's just part of being, that's just part of taking people out there in the back country.
0: Oh, well, Scott, you mentioned it before. I, you, you know, I know you hike, you threw hike the AT in 2003. I did it in 94. There's a lot of people out there looking for something, right? So I, I got to believe a lot of people that come to you to, to, you know, to be taken out in the wilderness or they're not necessarily out there to hike. They're looking for something bigger. So
2: yeah,
0: I, yeah. I know what you're I mean- saying
1: yeah and a lot of it i mean and as you know it's like um it's self-confidence self-esteem you know they're trying to you know push through fear that they have and uh and 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 i think you know for i know and you you probably could, could agree with that it's like when you hike the Appalachian trail I mean, I probably wanted to quit a billion times in my head. I mean, I maybe didn't say it out loud. No, I actually did say it out loud a few times, but you know, there's that constant of that, that constant mental fight that you have with yourself is like, you know, I don't have to be out here if I don't want to be. And so it, it is, it is a mental challenge quite a bit. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. It also brings clarity for sure. Um, so hey, can, I I got to get back to your guiding though cuz I I wanted to ask you there's so many fun questions I wanted to ask you. Here. Um what about what about the biggest mistake a guide could make?
1: Oh, I know it's a hard yeah. one. I know it's No, tough. that's that's pretty easy. Is it um really? yeah. Dang. I think the the biggest the biggest mistake a guide could make is thinking that experience um, entitles you to um, to be able to successfully teach something um, in the backcountry. So what I'm talking about <laughs> is that we Ariane you know, apparently guess, knows I, apparently I, knows I, I, exactly I, I really what you're saying. I understood what he was going to so, say. <laughs> so so um, we we took uh, we took a family um, backpacking and how many times have you hung a bear bag, right? I mean, like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. Uh,
0: right? Wait, are we talking in the daylight or at night? Or like wait until midnight? Daylight. Okay. Evening. Evening. Okay.
1: You know, you're getting ready. You're getting ready to settle in. Right? I've and definitely so- made the
0: mistake of trying to hang a bear bag at midnight. Bad idea. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, right, right. Well, in this in this uh time, we had taken a family and um they they had some they had they had young kids, they had you know kids, and so um, I'm like, okay, you guys, I'm gonna start getting our rope ready. We're gonna hi- I'm gonna show you how to hang a bear bag real quick, which, you know, um, I, I don't know, I don't know what happened. I still don't know what happened, but the the you know the thing about the wilderness and and being out in Mother Nature. You know, Mother nature doesn't care who you are or what experience you have. <laughs> she just doesn't care And so I'm getting ready to hang this bear bag and um, I throw it over the tree and I have a little knot in my rope that I didn't see and it, get, it gets caught in in you know like the bark or in this little tree notch and I can't get the bag rope I can't get my rock bag down. And so I'm like fighting this rope, you know, I'm like fighting, trying to get the rope free from the limb of the tree. And here comes the eight-year-old uh, kid um, who is just so darling. And and she stands next to me and she's watching me and she goes, um, you know, Mr. Scott, do you need some help? And I go, no, no, I'll, I'll get it. I'll get it. Well, as I'm fighting the rope, as I'm trying to get this damn rock back loose from this tree... And then the other kid comes and then the other kid comes and now the whole family is participating in picking up these sticks and throwing rocks and we're on each other's shoulders and we're trying to get this damn rock bag out from the tree and so um yeah things things go wrong all the time and, and it was kind of funny i'm like okay now that i've shown everybody how not to hang a bear bag so
2: i i you know i think that it's easy to get comfortable in your surroundings sometimes and when you kind of let your guard down a little bit um or you're not like really in tune to the individuals that you're taking or the scenario that you have in that exact moment that's when things go wrong and they (laughs) they can escalate really quickly um but i but i think you know the biggest mistake a guy can make is just not to underestimate the individuals that you're hiking with because if if life has taught us anything it's taught us to you know not make rash judgments upon things and i have been floored and amazed and just humbled and honored to be with some of the people that we're backpacking with and they're sometimes i feel like you know they i mean they're out there To do something and it's just been amazing to watch them transform from when you first meet them to like what they're like at the end of the trail
1: well and 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 too i always find it really funny that when we take someone out backpacking and i'll do something like different like i'll just do something different and they're like um, so like on uh, episode fifty-seven, you said you do it that way, but I don't see you doing it that way now. You am like, <laughs> <laughs> like talking about well, your words coming what, back to haunt like, you. What was episode 57? So So it it's, it's always amazed on how many how much of our listeners like actually know every episode, what I've said, what we've said, and they're like, Well, I thought you were supposed to do it this way. Oh yeah, did I did I say that? <laughs> so and it's, and recorded, it's, been, um, it's recorded, it's forever. recorded forever. Yeah, right.
0: Yeah. Do you guys get a lot of families? I mean, do you get a lot of families that come out with you?
2: Not necessarily. Uh, we get we get some couples, uh, but for the most part, we have individuals. Okay. Because it's something very personal to them, typically, um, or it's some it's a, it, you know we put out there that we're doing something that they've always want to scratch off their bucket list uh so it's usually just an individual
0: no there's so many bucket lists they could be they could be scratching those all yeah. day <laughs> hey so what what are some of the toughest decisions you guys have had to make when you when you've been guiding
2: oh that's a good one yeah
0: that's a
1: tough it's, one it's i would i would say it's always weather and trail conditions and sizing up um you know the difference between can the droop can the group do 12 miles because we have to reroute um can we you know assessing everybody's ability to do you know like because you know as you know when you're out there you got sometimes you got to call an audible you know sometimes the trail conditions or the weather or mother nature she you know she doesn't care about your trip so it's quickly having to assess Okay, we have to call an audible. Here's the audible, and here are our choices. We we can you know, go 12 miles up this way, or we can do 13 miles that way, or we can do this or whatever. And I I think those sometimes become a little bit tougher because, you know, you're you're quickly trying to assess everybody's level of what they can do, what they can't do, and um, I I would say, and even if even in this last trip that we did. Man, oh man! Mother Nature just did not want us to go backpacking that weekend. It just (laughs) didn't want us to go, Uh, and and not and and sometimes it's not trail conditions. Sometimes it's it's road conditions. It's forest road. You know, you know. You know. Sometimes it'll it'll take you know forty five minutes to an hour on these forest roads to get to the trailhead, and you know you really don't want to be back there when it's flooding. Because um, you'll spend most of the time digging out your car as, as it's sunk into the sand or something. So I, I think it's like weather and trying to assess, you know, okay, is it doable? Is it not doable? When do we call it? When do we go? Um, is there alternatives that we can do? And then quickly trying to assess, you know, um, who can do what and and how, and in if they can do it.
2: When you're in a group dynamic like that, you're making decisions for the whole rather than an individual. Um and you know if you're backpacking uh, or if you're doing this trip with just you and your friend or it's just you or it's just you and you know your family member uh, you know you're you're really empowered to make those decisions right in the moment but when you're guiding in a group dynamic you're making a decision that has to be for everybody the greater good for the whole um, based off of whatever it is and keeping them safe and I think it's sometimes, it's really tough to make a decision where you know you're directly going to um, disappoint somebody, or you see the disappointment in their face because you know you had to call an audible or um, you know y- you're you're altering something that you knew was going to be really good, and we had to do that in Iowa Royal. Is you know we had to make a decision uh, to kind of change the game and. You know, to see the disappointment, knowing what we were going to miss out and, you know, having been able to talk about this area and not be able to go, you know, those decisions, you're making them for the, you're making a decision for the group. And that, that sometimes brings some really tough um, emotions on our guests.
0: Ariane, you weren't getting attacked by insane mosquitoes in Isle Royal at the time, were you? No. (laughs) Seriously? You didn't have mosquitoes?
2: Oh no, no! I mean, they're they're short lived. Not not when we go.
0: Oh, you're so lucky! Oh my god, yeah. they were so brittle when I was. We there. did,
2: oh, <laughs> my, we did have the um, we did have the fear of a hornet's nest, and uh, that was a little intimidating. Wow. Knowing I was going to be walking a plank on a hornet's nest, and I'm highly allergic to them.
0: Yeah, that's <laughs> reason for fear.
2: But 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 uh, no mosquitoes. No. Wow. Oh. You, pick, you, you picked the wrong time to I go. I did pick the you wrong time. You should have gone with us.
0: I should have gone with you, actually. <laughs> I think, to your point, there's lots of factors, right? And yeah, weather I think is always tough. Always you can't control weather, it's always tough. So I got gotcha. you. On a happier note, other than the fact you probably saw moose in an aisle, I say Royale, but it's I guess it's Isle Royal, um, did you? Uh, you had to have seen moose there, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes.
2: Yes, They're
0: I awesome. have.
2: But. I've also been where i haven't seen a single moose the entire trip
0: in 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 on the island yeah oh yeah Yeah. what about wolf wolves did you see any of them
2: i have not scott has had the luxury of seeing them
1: i saw in 2000 in in 2008 um i was sitting over at um uh, i'm trying to think of uh it was mosque basin maybe and um, I'm sitting on the rock there, by the shelters, and I, I what looked like a German Shepherd dog came, yeah. came stand right behind this guy who was also sitting. And my first thought was, who brought the dog? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, like, I mean, like that's just where my thought process went. I'm like, who brought the who? How would you bring a dog? And then someone yelled, Wolf and uh we had two wolves come into camp and i i took a photograph of it and uh uh he was right and the guy that was sitting in the chair never knew that the wolf had come right behind him
0: yeah intimidating but the the holy grail of backpacking uh, wildlife right i saw my first wolf uh 2019 so recently and i've been doing mm-hmm. this forever mm-hmm. so that's awesome i mean i mean as long as it plays out well for you
1: yeah, I mean, you know, there there are trips that we go on that, you know, like, you know, we'll see a squirrel and then there'll be other trips that we go on that we get the trifecta, you know, we get the wolf, we get the moose, we oh. get the, the, the fox, we get the otters, we get, you know, we get, you know, we get everything. We get the northern lights and it just, it just kind of depends, you know, that island, uh, the, especially uh, I royale that, that island is, is very magical, but she doesn't always cough up her secrets uh, normally.
0: Is that where you got the uh, no- northern lights? Yes. Oh, awesome. That's cool. I've only seen them once and it was about on the same latitude. So, um, yeah. Yeah, that's incredible.
2: Oh, well, don't be too sad. I mean, you you got the mosquitoes.
0: So, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's you true. got
2: the experience. That's a good point.
0: <laughs> All the times you guys have been on the trail, you got to give me like a, a really good, funny story here because I know you got one in there somewhere.
2: I'm oh. going to say probably. I don't know, perhaps this is funnier to us uh, because we know the individual so well. But um, we we had this uh, one guy uh, who went on a few of our trips and he just uh, he just had the sense of humor that was it was just so addicting. It was just it was just it, it was just somebody you wanted to hang around. And he was he was so gentle and so patient Uh uh, with somebody that had come with us as well. It was having a little bit of trouble. And I think he just I don't know if I can say this on air.
0: Uh Oh, you can. But, <laughs> Please do. So, don't stop. So, <laughs>
2: so, he you know, he 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 took he took this one individual under his wing and was just kind of trying to guide him through uh, a really really tough part. He's like, "No, no, no, I got this. I got this." And and so we we're just watching it all play out. And he had been with him for probably 30 minutes, just kind of helping him and encouraging him. And it was, it's really cool to watch that dynamic happen between two people um, that just kind of connect. And at one point, just to sort of flip a switch, he, he <laughs> I think he just lost his patience. And he, he's like, wow, well, no, no, you just, you, now you've just gone and up F that one up <laughs> and I, okay that's probably not so funny but, he but did it was it, funny he, in that he, moment
1: he does it with he does it with like this irish accent and so you know he he he's he he kind of waits and he times his statements funny so he looked at this guy and and he, he the guy only took one step i mean he took one step and he goes I oh, you screwed it up already you know and he's just we, we I think the funny moments are with the people that we I'm sure we could come up with some some funny stories. Um I, I I think probably um on that particular trip, all of us were running around like ants trying to find the trailhead Um on that one particular trip because we, we couldn't find the trailhead. We were all running around trying to we were all arguing about where the the trail was going to go. And it went straight up. That's where the trail went. And we we're all running around. We were scurrying around like, like ants trying to find where the trail was going. We are like, no, it's over here. No, it's here. No, it's here. And we are all arguing with each other because we couldn't phantom that the trail was gonna go straight up out of the canyon. Um, but you know, I, I, each trip always brings that that like a moment where someone does something, it's usually me, like I'll, you know, like we've been on trips where, you know, I forgot my, my tent pole. Um, and, uh, you know, we're, we're sitting at the campground whittling a stick, trying to, trying to make a no, tent
0: pole. I've been there, man.
1: <laughs> you know, And they're like, what are you doing? Uh, whittling a stick. You know, we, we made apple pie one time spontaneous. We found an apple tree and we're all sitting around and, and, uh, um, we were like, well, it's too bad. We couldn't make apple pie. And they were like, well, wait, I've got brown sugar. Well, I've got honey. Well, I've got a frying pan. Well, I've got a tortilla and like everybody had the ingredient to make apple pie. So we made tortilla, apple pie, you know, things like that, I think are probably pretty funny moments for us. Um, kind of like it had a, kind of had to be there.
2: Yeah, I, I I would think that maybe if I was a better storyteller, that that initial story probably would have come off a little funnier.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Are you guys typically cooking for uh, folks when you're out there, or is it? You know, oh, varies? it depends
2: on it. It, it varies. It completely okay. varies depending on the trip.
0: How how was guiding people exactly like you thought it would be, and how how was it totally different?
1: Wow, um, I would say that guiding is if. You, if you want a successful trip, it's all in the prep work before you hit the trail. So, you know, you, you do your pack shakedowns, you do your virtual pack shakedowns. Um, you know, you, you, you get, you get to know what their fears are or what um, you know, what they may be trepidatious about in any given circumstance. So when we do trips, we're like, Hey, how do you feel about heights? How do you feel about water crossings? How do you feel about this or that or this? And I I think usually, and, and that takes a long time to do, like, you know, there were many times back when we, when, when I first started doing it anyway, where we had one guy literally, literally walk up, you know, this was early on when we had the the backpacking club in Chicago that he came to the trailhead trailhead with a garbage bag over his shoulder. Oh, we're like, out. We're like, wait, we're like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go camping with you guys. We're like, well, where's your backpack? He goes, well, I just have my stuff in, in the bag. I'm like, oh, okay, we need to have a, <laughs> we need to have a, we need to have a backpackers beginners group. And so, um, you know, I, I think, I, I think after years of, of doing that, you, you almost get to the point where the prep work before the trip is key key to a successful trip once if you're you know you get uh people get to know each other you know like you now you have a zoom call you know which you know you know 15 years ago you didn't you didn't you didn't have that even 10 years ago so you'd all kind of meet as strangers at the trailer I will say this though we have never ever done a trip ever where the strangers that we met in the beginning of a trip did not become fast friends long time friends after the trip and i think that's one of the cool things about guiding
0: yeah that does that does not surprise me at all
2: yeah i think if the most unexpected thing from guiding for us is is that how deeply those connections can be made and you know we we take <laughs> we we take it very seriously because we we oh, we love what we do uh first of all we love backpacking we love these adventure trips but more than anything we love having somebody else experience that something that's so personal to them and 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 perhaps we take on an angle that's a lot more personal than you would get uh with a different guiding service i don't know but uh for us it's kind of part of it and it's it's getting to know them on a on a on a different level on a deep level and and making sure that this trip is kind of guided towards you know what they're looking for it as well and and it ends up offering this like really deep connection with these people that um, I, I couldn't have ever anticipated that being part of guiding you know when you think about guiding you just think okay we're just gonna go on this trip and you're providing a service and that's the way it is and for us it's just so much more and it's just it's so much more rewarding at the end when we've we've had that connection and we've shared this experience together and that that has surpassed all of our expectations up front
1: yeah because we we you know these people are our friends now you know a lot of the a lot of the people over the years um even 10 years ago we're still friends with those people i mean like we can call them up on the phone friends so it you know for us it, it gives us much more than we ever feel like we give anybody else um
0: do you guys have a favorite destination like uh southeast us i'd, I'd be curious to hear your your favorites
1: well i would say in the southeast for sure we love going into the Cajada wilderness um, oh, oh, oh. That, that that's a that's a beautiful area um, we, we love that area. We, we used to take people, um, we used to do the Jack's river and we used to do like a, a switch. We used to do a, a car key switch. So we would take one group from one end and one group to the other. We'd meet, um, in the middle and then we would switch car keys <laughs> We would, and then we would just go the opposite way. So everybody got to do the whole trail. So that was a, we love that in the Southeast, I would say, um, I would probably say one of the most magical trips that we continue to do is the the I Royale trip it it is a magical magical place for us um, that um, offers uh, it, you know you know the cool thing about I Royale is that you never know what she's gonna cough up. You know that's what I love about it. You just never know. You know you're going to be oh. foggy and rainy. You're going to be sunny and warm. You're going to be you know like you know you're going to see a ton of wildlife. You're going to see no wildlife, and she's different all the time. And and getting there sometimes is more of the uh, epic journey than actually stepping foot on the island. Um, and nothing proved that more than you know 2020 when the National Park Service said, "Yeah, we're open. Oh yeah, go to the island. We're just not going to take you there." And so we're like, what? So we had to take a seaplane. You know, and we had to we you know, we we found a way to get there. Um and I so I think I Royale is always kind of magical for us.
0: Scott, I like I like the uh the audible to the airplane. That's brilliant. But I, I can tell you what I royal will cough up. It's called mosquitoes, if you don't go with the right <laughs> time. <laughs> Yeah.
2: Not but- on any of our trips.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, Apparently I you- went at the wrong time. <laughs> yeah. No,
2: there's a time and a place for those mosquitoes, but you know what? You never, you never know. Uh, we could, we could do this trip how many times. And then the one year, the, the next year that we do this, watch, there's going to be mosquitoes. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just Spot because lady. I said that.
0: <laughs> you know, in fairness, the fishing was phenomenal and we saw oh, yeah. like a baby moose that, uh, I don't know, like a dog-sized moose. That was the coolest thing I've ever wow. seen. Two of them. Um, so you, you take the good with the bad. But yes, yeah, yeah, the mosquitoes sure. were bloodsuckers. <laughs> uh, anyway, let's talk about your podcast here for a second. So um, Trust the Trail is your podcast. Uh, I'm sure you've been asked this a million times. Explain the name.
1: Well... Um, yeah, we have been asked that a lot. Trust the trail comes from way, 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 way back then, when we were taking um, you know beginners out on their very first backpacking trip. And um, as you know, the wilderness has like this um, this reputation of having monsters uh spookiness axe murderers you name it every horror movie that's ever been made has been in the woods so it 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 takes a lot to push through that fear and that stereotype of what is literally in the wilderness and so when i would take people out on their first camping trip or their first overnight trip we i would always say look just Trust that everything's going to be okay. Everything is going to be fine. And then that kind of morphed into trust the trail. And as, you know, as, as we've been doing this for a while now, all I can say is that I trust being in the woods a whole lot more than I trust being on 85 going through atlanta so you know so yeah my well stated (laughs) my trust factor on the trail is high my trust factor in urban city life is low so we came up with this this whole thing we started saying it to you know people that were going backpacking for the first time like just trust the trail it will provide you what you need and what does that provide self-esteem self-confidence and a lot of times it provides you exactly what you need at that moment in your life right no matter what that is and so we just said trust it it's going to give you something
0: i I do have a challenge for you though and this is for both of you um can you always really trust the trail because sometimes it kicks your ass
1: (laughs) but you can trust that it will (laughs) it's not so much the trail it's mother nature but yeah the trail can get a little uh but you know the yeah the trail can we have a you know you've heard this before embrace the suck which um you know sometimes you know that's life too you know you 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 go up up and down in your life you know you have good times you have bad times you gotta you gotta push through you know the thing about the trail is that if you want to get back to your car you know unless you want to get evac out by helicopter (laughs) which is going to take a few days but if you want to get back to your car you're gonna have to put one foot in front of the other. And you're going to have to embrace the suck and, and push through that to get to where you need to go.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of people that wish they could pull that helicopter trigger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. For sure. So, you guys have been doing this since 2016. Is that right? September 2016?
2: I don't know. You got to tell us. We the lost. Podcast, track yeah, of time. Think, that
0: sounds about right. I had just September 20, 2016. Yeah. What, what keeps you right. going? I mean, and I say that because I know what goes into yeah. the production, right? It's a lot more work. Our listeners I, don't fully appreciate how much work goes into this for no to, money.
2: Yeah. Tell, tell me, tell me what keeps you going. <laughs> to be honest, there have been times in in that long now. Uh, there have been times where we've wanted to stop it. We've, you know, we have we haven't been able to dig deep enough to be able to keep it going, and uh, and then we wouldn't record an episode and all of a sudden we would get <laughs> we, you know, we kind of be like, okay, let's just not do it this week. Let's see what happens. And, and we would get a very concerned email. Are you guys okay? Like you guys inspire me. And the, and the email that we get or the communication, the message is just just so heart-wrenchingly inspiring on their end that we're providing something for somebody and there's, they're relying on something. Um, and, and it just snaps us right back into it like okay all right let's keep going at this and you know I, there's a part of us that just enjoy it so much that we just keep doing it um we've taken a very raw approach at our podcast uh we never spend endless hours editing and so it, there's been an aspect of it that's just like it just, we throw it up, we throw it out there. We give, we give our audience what we have to offer in that moment. And that's what it is. And, and we never imagined it would grow into anything, but yeah, every time we try and quit, uh, we we get snapped back into it.
1: <laughs> well, and and two, now that we're on the road, um there's a fear that we may have to call one of our listeners and ask if we can um, park the airstream in their driveway. So, <laughs> it's, awesome. yeah, it's it's more now of like just fear of stopping. <laughs> no. Like, you know, no, we 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 actually really love it. We really, you know, we kind of make our fun night uh recording night and um yeah we we uh, we we continue to, to i think as long as you love it and as long as you keep enjoying what you're doing you know you're gonna be inspired to keep to keep doing it and uh i know with backpacking and hiking and the outdoors there is uh an infinite amount of topics at some point in time um you know and we're almost i gotta think you know this year we'll probably hit 200 episodes. Um, and yeah, there, there is a time where you start thinking now, uh, what else can I talk about as far as backpacking goes, but, but there is, you know, and, and we run into new topics all the time. And a lot of the times we get that from our, from our listeners that say, Hey, you know what? I've got this issue. Could you guys do an episode about that? And we're like, yeah, let's do an episode about it.
0: Scott, I got the perfect topic for you and Ariane.
2: All right. What is it?
0: How to deal with the HOA when you park your airstream in in the neighborhood
2: (laughs) well luckily we've only ever parked it in one neighborhood so far and and uh we got out of there without uh uh our friends getting a fine so
1: yeah and yeah that was our there that was our that was our very first like you know mooch stocking experience when we they're like yeah you can pull what you can pull up in in front of our house we're like yeah okay cool and then we pulled in the neighborhood and we're like oh wow you guys live in a nice neighborhood i don't know if we're gonna i don't know if, if i feel comfortable <laughs> you're just parking in front of your in front of your house and like no you know you're good you're good I'm like there are neighbors looking out their windows at this point point. and so but yeah we no one called a tow truck so we, you know we made it
2: you know i i think to sum that that episode up right there it's uh, get on the board and change the rules yourself <laughs>
1: <laughs> i like it we're gonna have a whole
0: podcast about that a year from now, <laughs> after your travels continue.
2: Right. <laughs> so I,
0: I'm dying to ask you another question: your most head scratching moment of comments about the podcast. I, I just want to call out that we, the podcast creators, work very hard to make a podcast, <laughs> and you get the most bizarre comments sometimes. Can you can you, uh, can, you yeah. can you comment on that?
2: Uh, Probably not verbatim, but yeah, so we, you know, it's interesting um, when, when people listen to content, I mean, you, you know, this, uh, we create it, it's free content. Uh, we put a lot of energy and a lot of time into putting it together and then they go in and sometimes we've had some really harsh comments, some really, really positive comments, but there have been times where it's really harsh and it's like, whoa if you don't like it stop listening to it why did you have to write such a harsh comment um and they kind of go in on the attack kind of like a crow attacking you you know is getting you know getting the food but um there have been uh there have been some zingers in there
1: i think i think the two two of the comments that really come um to mind was uh early on comment I don't know what we were talking about we but we got a comment from a guy that was very disturbed that we did we swear what did we do when he wrote that comment about you know like hey man you know like my boy scout troop is listening to your podcast make sure you clean it up and i'm like i don't even think we swear on our podcast so i didn't really know yeah i think maybe we we dropped a a word there but unknowingly and i think the so that was kind of a funny, I'm like, ooh, okay, so we'll have to clean it up. I, I then, think you
0: used the word fart. Is
1: what yeah, was. <laughs> yeah, probably, probably, I'm sure. And then the one other comment, which I, w- I still find very uh, funny, was that we did a, a show on hydration and, you know, like, you know, water, blah, blah, blah. And I got this long comment about water poisoning. And how we didn't talk about how you can, if you drink so much water at, at one time, you can, you can get water poisoning. And, and it was a long comment. I mean, there was a lot of thought into the comment and I'm like, um, thank you. But if we, if you drink that much water on the trail that you're going to water poison yourself, I mean, you are, you've got some bigger issues going on. And so we get, I think those comments were, um, have always been a little, I, I take them very, um, kind of lighthearted. We, we do get constructive criticism. We, early on, our podcast was like terrible. We had all kinds of audio problems when we first started. Um, It took us about five episodes to learn that when my laptop was plugged in, it was charging the battery and there was a constant hum in our podcast. And so, yeah, we got early on, we, we got comments like your audio sucks or or your podcast would be okay if your audio didn't suck (laughs) it's like okay maybe i should take a look at the audio so you know like sometimes you know they're harsh but they're they're meaning well um other times they just go into left field i have no idea what they're talking about i
0: I appreciate your hard work because i know how hard you guys work at this so kudos to you that's why i reached out to you
1: actually yeah yeah likewise (laughs) you you know the thing is uh you've been you've been, you were early on, you're, there weren't anybody in the backpacking podcasting genre. Um, you know, I would say even, um, five, six years ago, there was very, there was very few. You were one of the first, first 40 miles. Um, cascade was doing a podcast for a while. Um, I think we kind of sneaked in and in the last three years, there's just a ton of backpacking podcasts now. So I'm glad that makes me good that more people are talking about it. Um, but yeah, you were, you were, you're kind of like a pioneer in the whole backpacking podcast field.
0: 10 years. So, uh, next month I'm going to bring back the, and I haven't put the episode one out yet, but the couple that I interviewed for the very first podcast, I'm going to bring it back for the 10 year anniversary. so that's great i'm gonna you know at the time they were not married now they have kids so we're gonna talk through that whole thing but uh yeah yeah that's that's
1: that's very cool
0: yeah it's amazing how much the the podcast world has changed i think it's for the good though i mean a lot more people are listening to podcasts and there's a lot more content out there i think that's a great thing what do you think that listeners least understand about producing a podcast or podcast in general
1: Uh, i would say uh the the amount of time it takes um to you know to produce it to edit to put it out um and uh yeah i would i would say time it's it's very very time consuming to do that because you not only do you have you know the thing about pot the podcasting world is that and and it's a little bit more like the video world I i would you know um you know throw that in there is that it's not just recording a podcast. You've got to do technical things like edit. You've got to um, some, and especially when you're doing interviews um, like this, you've got multiple tracks in your in whatever uh, editing software you're gonna. You have to know the editing software, and then of course, what platform you're gonna put it on. There, there was a long time now. It's gotten a lot better, but I know uh, podcasting, um, whoever or wherever you hosted your podcast. You know, like for us, we had to contact a lot of these podcatchers individually, so now it's kind of done automated. You, you can get on, uh, you know, um, you know, like Anchor or Lisbon, and they kind of do that for you. And um, the biggest thing that we learned was owning your content, that was a huge, huge lesson learned as someone who's in, in the getting in the podcast world. But i I, I think now um you know a lot of that's automated but back then we had to contact like all these individual podcatchers to to try to get our show on and that takes a long time but it just takes a it takes a lot of time to get your podcast out there
0: yeah the, the world has changed significantly in 10 years no question um but so i'm going to shift now to closing questions because i got a few i want to ask you guys i got to hear the love story now, how'd you guys meet? Did you meet on a hiking trip, backpacking trip? Uh, help us out. Has this ever been told?
1: Is uh, this, no, is so this an end inter-
0: to backpacking exclusive? I just want to know.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And we both have two different stories. So my story is going to go like this. Um, She couldn't take her eyes off me. Um, It was a uh, just this impulsive attraction from the very first start when she first saw me. And uh she, you know, she it was a seduction. It was a slow seduction. That's all I can say. She's um, she's story, gonna shoot bullets <laughs> in that, man. She she's gonna I can't wait to to hear tell this a whole one. different story.
2: Um, did not occur like that.
1: <laughs> it was a, <laughs> no it was comment. a very sad <laughs> no no comment
2: there. <laughs> um that could not be farther than the truth. Um I well, we met <laughs> We met on, uh, just a very simple urban hike. Uh, I know everybody wanted it to be in the back country and everybody wanted it to be in this like epic way, but it really was very simple. We met on an urban hike. Um, it was maybe five miles in total. Uh, it wasn't by ourselves. It was with many, many other people. And at the end of it, he. He was like, "Hey, I'm doing something next week. Come along." And I never wanted to talk to him again.
1: <laughs> wow. Now, and and the, the honest, the honest Revealed. truth is, the honest truth is when she first saw me, the very for her very first words were like. Your picture doesn't look anything like your profile picture.
2: I mean he was hot. <laughs>
1: that that never yeah. happens
0: I mean, in social he was media.
2: So hot in this image and I was like, really, you know, I was like, okay. Yeah. That that guy is really attractive and good looking and then no. No, it just it it didn't play out the way I imagined but but you know what Ariane, um,
0: i know what it was it was the airstream yeah. trailer that brought it all together
2: <laughs> no it was long before that it was uh uh we went we went a long time without talking and then i i ran into him randomly and he invited me to go uh camping uh just overnight north georgia and i was like okay i'll go but you know i have to be back by this time and he's like okay just meet up with us i drove out there i met up with them and then it was all the over rest is history yeah.
1: wow <laughs> now it's, it's the trust the trail right? <laughs> it's trust the trail after dark <laughs>
0: amazing awesome you guys if you're going to tell the love story you got to at least explain you got to tell the first backpacking trip you went on and, uh, your, your best one.
1: Wow. So uh, we remember that very well because the very (laughs) first backpacking, so we, we, the very first backpacking trip we ever did was in the Cajadas and, uh, we, we went down there for, I think a night and, um, you know, we had a, a great time. It rained like the Dickens, man. I mean, you know how, you know, up, in that area when it rains, especially in the Cahutas, you're in a gorge. And so, you know, you got to kind of look at some, some water issues, right? Because, you know, you're in a gorge. So um, soaking wet, but we had a really good time. We had a great time. And so we decided to do another backpacking trip, but this time it was just Ariana and myself, and we went up to Mount Rogers um, Recreation Area. love that place. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we did the AT and um, the we we get in and and we get in the car and our goes hey we just have to stop at rei to get my dog a backpack because we we brought our, our, our two dogs and i'm like oh yeah that you know no problem i go how many times has your dog gone backpacking before and she goes this is the first time and so i'm like oh so but the dogs did great we had a great time and um yeah i think that was like we, we really kind of started our friendship on that five-day backpacking trip and uh we we talked every day after that
0: hey so i have one question for you guys how many ticks did you pick off yourself when you came (laughs) out of (laughs) cohada
2: oh my gosh every time i go in there it's like a nightly routine just start peeling them off
1: uh i think the record i picked off at one time over 20 ticks off of uh dino um my dog that's how we, I went in there one year in the springtime and um, there were just, I had ticks all over the place. It, it, it was a, it was a mess.
2: And the last time I was, the last time I went in, uh, which was probably just two, two months, maybe, uh, perhaps two months before we left for the road. Um, I probably had eight on me when I crawled into, crawled into the hammock at night and I was just like, they were just covering my belly.
1: We're not. We're not really
0: selling the Cohutta here.
2: No, we're not. We're not doing a good job at all.
1: <laughs> well, it, it's beautiful, but yeah, you're just gonna have to. There, there's certain times of the year that are better than other times of the year.
2: But Cahuada's all the way. I love it.
1: <laughs> yeah, it gets back. I, to... You
2: know, I love it. You you did react to it though. You did react when we said we love the Cahuadas. It's uh, awesome. Do you? It's awesome. Uh, okay. Love it. Yeah. I know. It's I, great. Just go
0: there all the time. Yeah tick ridden that gets back to what we said before right you know you gotta embrace the suck and and you will be rewarded
1: <laughs> right well for as much as you're in the jacks river or the Conasaga river um you know uh you know the, the ticks aren't really that big of a uh, of an issue because you are in the water quite a bit when you're hiking the Canadas.
0: Yeah, because it's hot as hell, right? That's why yeah. you're. Well, of course, you moved to Arizona. I'm not sure that's any better.
2: <laughs> it's, it's it's different. It's different. Yeah. It's a uh, dry heat rather than, you know, um, that, you know, that no Georgia one, heat.
1: Nobody talks about you know when in this all this this beautiful travel and oh the RV and hit the road. Nobody talks about one category, and I'm surprised that no one talks about how windy it can get in December in Arizona um there was there was one point in southwest Arizona where we were literally sucking dust it the, the dust was unbelievable i i that's probably the one thing that really threw us for a lube in in traveling like you know you get the rain snow and and, and all the weather blah 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 but you know um we were literally in a dust storm one day and in Quartzsite, Arizona, and our, things were blowing all over the place. I mean, we had dust everywhere. I've not seen that on a on a a, a YouTube video yet.
0: Hmm. You definitely would not get that in the Cohutta.
1: No. <laughs>
0: you might get some banjo playing, but I'm not yeah, sure right, you would get right. that. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. Bad bad reference. Um, got to ask you one last question about gear because I'm always curious to hear. You know, people that backpack a lot, what their favorite piece of gear is. People love to talk about gear, and we don't mm. do that a lot typically on my podcast. But your chance to uh, say your favorite piece.
1: Well, I would probably say my favorite piece of gear. I have two of them. Would be my MSR Flex Skillet because I can cook in it, and I love. I love making my little cooking treats in the backcountry. I absolutely love that. Um, it's a non-stick pan. It's light. It's super lightweight. And um, I can cook bagels, bacon, and other things in there. So I love that. I've had that for a long time. But I think over a long period of time, one of the best pieces of gear that I have had was the 10, uh, um, the 10 by 12 Equinox tarp that you bought for $110 and it's just a tarp at three loops on the front. You could pitch it in a couple different ways as a tarp. And I had, I slept under a tarp for 10 years. Um, never slept in a, in a tent after I slept under the tarp for the first time and, um, an unbelievable sturdy piece and it's just so nylon, that's all it is. Um, but, uh, that thing lasted for a long long time um and i i would say probably that uh, has my fondest memories of any piece of gear i've ever had
0: area
2: coffee
1: really
0: <laughs> the
1: most that, essential piece of gear,
2: gear. wow <laughs> the, well because none of the rest matters without it wow so yeah definitely definitely coffee no but uh, gear uh
0: you got a second
2: i'm not a you know i'm not a gear i'm not a gear nerd i never will be um i i switched over to the hyperlite backpack and i've gotta say that i am just i'm fascinated in how much i love this backpack i love it i love everything about it and um, I, I, I can't, <laughs> you know, we we have a, we have an upcoming trip and I'm, I'm thinking about not taking that and taking an alternative, um, just for the weight itself. But I, I can't imagine not backpacking without it. I, I, I don't know what I'm going to do when, when I have to, uh, get a new backpack, when it, when it finally bites the dust. I love that thing.
0: You, you know, my takeaway um thought on this whole conversation is don't go camping with you if you don't have coffee <laughs> pretty,
1: pretty, pretty that's it that's it that's a very smart takeaway
0: okay I definitely learned something tonight
2: <laughs> yeah yeah coffee is a must
1: okay yeah, or 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 the agreement of sharing your food with Hararian that's another one <laughs> thats that, Like we, we made the mistake one trip. Hey, you know, let's go lighter. We'll just share our dinners. And that didn't, that, that was 86 like after the first dinner and I was like, I want the rest of your food in your food bag. So, um, you know, yeah. Sharing food or coffee. Absolutely.
0: So I'll give you guys a chance to give us any final thoughts, just final takeaways on people listening to the show tonight about trust the trail one thing they should remember if they forget everything else
1: um I, i would say this is that you know the trails open to everybody um the outdoors is a place for everybody to come out and experience and it's a great it's a great place to um put away a lot of the the myths and fears and uh stereotype that the outdoors get all the time about going out into the woods and to to challenge yourself to go out there and go camping by yourself or go slowly start slowly go out there you know maybe with a friend but don't sleep together i mean there's so many things that the trail and the outdoors can give you and build for you like self-esteem self-confidence we talked about um you know um you know overcoming fear i in personally Speaking, I think any any entrepreneur that's ready to start a business should go on a multi-day backpacking trip, um, because I think it 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 helps you, um, you, you know, it helps you understand that you can get through a lot of different things and a lot of challenges in your life. I, I really do feel that backpacking does absolutely parallel um, a lot of things in 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 your life.
0: I I totally agree with that. I think it it makes you tougher, no doubt. Um, So
1: After coffee.
0: Yeah, well, I was just getting ready to come back to that. That's funny.
1: (laughs) Ariana, I got to ask you.
0: My final thought is you can't go camping without coffee.
2: Well, well, definitely not. (laughs) Well, you wouldn't want to be near me without coffee. So, like, if you come on a trip with me, just gift some coffee ahead of time so that I always have enough. But, no, I would say a final thought is – You know what when you get out there you know you've done your planning you've done your prep work whatever um no matter what state or how you get like state of mind and how you get out onto the trail like leave it leave it all just remember that remember while you're out there and just kind of remember to rest and relax and kind of put your mind at ease and enjoy your surroundings I've seen so many people go out there and they're so concerned about um, the gear working right or this doing this. And and they and they get wrapped up in there and the trip ends and they f- forgot to enjoy it. So, I mean, we go out there for a reason, right? We go out there to get something in return. So don't forget to, to you know, get back what you're seeking.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, you're out there for a reason. I like yeah. that. Well, hey, great to have you guys on the show. Can't believe that you were that close to me all this time, <laughs> and we're doing a podcast across the country, basically. But uh, yeah,
1: yes, anyway. but see now you now you have a bona fide reason to get back in your car and drive out across the country. So we we have gifted you yet another reason to do a road trip, to come out to uh, to you know, come out to Arizona. We'll come out and do the Sycamore Canyon.
0: You know, you never, Scott, need to give me a reason to drive across the country. <laughs> <laughs> that is not a problem. Have but, you upgraded
2: uh, the Mazda?
0: I have, slightly, okay. yes. Actually. There you go. But you know, it, right. it served its purpose in the day. Right. So but you guys are living the Viva Loca in the Airstream, so way way better than the Mazda. Congratulations <laughs> on that. Um, hey, thanks guys for being on the show. Great to talk to you. I've I've certainly listened to your show and uh Enjoy what you guys are doing for the hiking and backpacking community. And um, hope, hopefully, you get a chance to meet here sometime if you ever come back to Atlanta, <laughs> which it doesn't sound like you're going to.
1: Well, vice versa. And we really appreciate you, uh, you know, you having us, Uh, you know, you're one of the pioneers on, uh, in the backpacking podcast genre. So we are very humbled to be on your show. Thank you. Thank you for the invite. It was a, it was a very pleasant surprise getting um, uh, an email from you. And so we really appreciate that.
0: Yeah, my pleasure. So hopefully we'll get a meet up sometime
1: yeah absolutely let's uh we'll we'll try to make that happen for we'll sure
2: shoot. we'll shoot for the kahutas and see who has the most ticks on oh the <laughs> that
0: sounds good all right guys. Challenge,
1: challenge accepted thank you thank you <laughs>
0: thanks for being Bye. on the show you've been listening to the n2 backpacking podcast this is your host bird shooter wishing you the best for your travels on the trail to subscribe to the show visit itunes stitcher spotify iHeartRadio, amazon or your favorite podcast app and give us a thumbs up or a positive comment while you're there you can also stream shows directly from n2backpacking.com just click the podcast tab on the main menu Music from the show was provided by Jairus under a Creative Commons license and is titled Hillbilly Anarchy. The show is a production of N2 Backpacking and is copyrighted by N2 Ventures, Inc. For more information on this podcast or to provide feedback or comments on this or future shows, please visit us at n2backpacking.com. That's the letter N, the number 2, backpacking.com.